Here we are, the second week of February, the month of love and romance. And love is in the air. And it's all for you. Now go and get it. In this episode, episode number six, I figuratively travel all across the pond from British Columbia to Great Britain to have a lovely conversation with Disha Wadab. Disha is a social media business consultant for service-based entrepreneurs in the wellness industry and an award-winning social media marketer, as well as a lead trainer for Facebook. She has helped businesses scale and reach six and seven figures since the start of her company, Social Treats, in 2016. Disha shares her secret formula for self-love and self-care. The best gift we can give ourselves is the gift of kindness, random acts of kindness, and being true to whatever serves you in the moment, whether it's buying a complete stranger a coffee, paying someone a compliment, or kicking up on the couch in her jammies to binge watch movies all weekend. And just why is this so important? Disha will explain. Disha's passion and purpose is all about creating space for connection. And she teaches this to entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their authentic brand reach organically without paying the hefty price for ads. Engagement is about being visible to those communities where people are connecting online and being there your very best for others. But that's not always attainable in those days when we just aren't at the top of our game, which is perfectly okay. The pandemic year was tough enough, so allowing ourselves space to reconnect with our core values is critical if we're going to be meaningful for others. A better you is better for all those you lead, coach, and influence. It's no surprise that Disha's authenticity radiates with abundance because her life's journey, including the challenges of the pandemic year, has taught her that being true to herself brings her one step closer to being fully and completely in alignment with her purpose. Disha, you're just, it's so great to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. You're just so full of energy. You're humorous. You exude confidence. You're always happy from all the encounters I have seen of you on your your Facebook group. And we're going to spend lots of time talking about that. But it's no wonder that your formula for success works. Be your authentic self. And that really radiates with me. Like I was immediately drawn into that. Not only do you speak my language when it comes to business ethics, but you help me better understand why creating an online community using using Facebook is essential for getting your presence known. You say on your website, you are fabulous. Your business deserves to shine and you deserve all the abundance and freedom that your heart desires. Now go grab it with both hands. It just expresses so much of why people come to you as a business coach, I'm sure. I want to talk about how your COVID year was. And my first question to you was related to as women entrepreneurs, we have this strong entrepreneurial spirit. You certainly do. It shines through in all your Facebook group videos, video calls. So what do you do to keep moving forward to ensure the success, your success? I think one of the things that we have to allow and especially as women is often we don't is just allow ourselves to feel crappy for a day like I said to you today is a day I'm not coping I'm in my pajamas and that is that I'm just gonna wallow in my pajamas for the day (laughs) and being okay with allowing yourself that time and tomorrow is a new day tomorrow I'll get dressed it's fine but setting yourself those 
those times and saying, okay, tonight I'm going to sit and watch really cheesy movies, drink a glass of wine and wallow in my sadness for a moment. And then tomorrow will be a new day. And I think when we are entrepreneurs, particularly female entrepreneurs, we often get stuck in, well, I have to be on and I have to always be doing things. And I have to be always doing stuff and mm -hmm. I have to be on and be the mom or be the wife or, you know, whatever else roles you play. And you have to be able to do all of that. And sometimes I think we just don't allow ourselves to have that moment where you're just like, I just need, I just need some time. I just need a me day or I just need that. And like, then just allow it and embrace it rather than saying, oh no, I can feel sorry for a minute and I have to get on with it. I'm like, no, just embrace it. Set yourself a time limit, like an evening, a day, a weekend, whatever. And then be like, okay, now I'm done. Now I'm moving forward. Being authentic, not just to the people we have to present ourselves to, but authentic to ourselves. Yeah, so allowing yourself that time to feel bad. Like the 2021 has been rough. 2020 was worse. Like it is a crappy time at the moment. So allowing yourself to feel sad, that's fine. You should just mm -hmm. embrace it. And I'm just gonna go off on that, like the concept about embracing, just allowing ourselves to be, whoever we need to be in that particular day. Um, and yet still needing to connect, connecting and creating community. And I spent a lot of time talking about that with one of my guests who one, runs a wellness business. She's a, a Pilates studio owner. And the need to reach out to connect was very um, apparent when she was in this, we were in the throes of, of, uh, of COVID-19. But you, on the other hand, your whole world is about online connections and community you everything you do is online and you've helped so many people embrace the idea of creating community online was there more of that in 2020 did you find it it's been funny because like everything that i've always done over the past four years of business or five years of business now is all online and i set my business up that way so i could travel and so that i didn't have to be somewhere specific and so it has always been a big driver in my business to have an online community and have that online connection. And one of the reasons I transitioned from social media management to coaching was because I realized that I thrive talking to people. So I was like, okay, I, I'm obviously good at sharing and jumping on calls and giving my knowledge. Like, whereas before, when I was doing social media management stuff, you're just sat behind the screen and just doing things. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to need to refresh. And I created a brand new community in April last year. Um, so I closed my old community. I had a community that was specifically for wellness entrepreneurs. Um, and that had been running for a couple of years. And I just closed it down and reopened a brand new group um, in April last year. And it has gone, it's far bigger than the previous one over the last couple of years and is all about community fostering people's businesses like I allow promotion in the group I want people to share value I want people to make money I want people to connect with other people and build those relationships um so the the community has grown massively over the last what less than a year um just because of all of this community and what I allow people to do in, in the group. And it's wow. so, so important to have that space where you can connect with people now. I, I jumped into your group because I, 
I just wanted to learn how you were doing it. Thinking, I'm brand new to this. I mean, early generation of the Gen Xers and we kind of had to learn when social media came on board. Just to paint a picture, I was in PR in early 2000s when I switched over from my previous career. And face, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg was probably still in high school for crying out loud, like none of that stuff existed. So I had to evolve with the changing times. But millennials are growing up with it all the time. Like, what do you mean you had to learn this? This is just supposed to be natural, like breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and it was the first time I created a, a group because I was very shy on, with Facebook, but I thought, well, by just sharing in a community. So when I created my group, I started to enjoy just being the opportunity to share. Now I'm doing all the sharing, nobody's responding. I just think it's so important to be yourself. If you're gonna have a community as well, you have to be visible in it. And so many people who create communities that like, oh, well, I don't wanna show myself or I don't want anybody to know outside of like the group. I don't want to, you know, tell anybody about it. I'm like, well, then it's not gonna be successful because you have to be yourself. You have to want to share it and you have to want to want everybody to know. And I've had people join my group that I met back at school or university that have now started businesses and have been following me on my personal page for years from when we were at school. And now they're like, oh, oh, Deisha's, I know what she does and she's pretty awesome. And then joining the group and learning that way as well, nice. uh, which has been fantastic to see. Cause I was like, oh, I didn't even know you had a business. Like I haven't heard from you for 10 years. <laughs> like, oh, this is cool. Uh, and then joining the group and getting involved in conversations as well, which is fantastic. It is. And you know, for a COVID year, the online communities have been a savior for so many people yeah. and so important. And yeah, absolutely. For, and for people who are, are like, I live on my own. So having that community in that space, uh, just to network and chat with people is, is huge. Thank goodness for technology. If this had happened pre 2000, <laughs> it would be a different world. But speaking about the past, take our listeners back to a time in your life that defines who you are now as an individual and maybe how that has really shaped your entrepreneurial spirits and your approach to enduring through the pandemic? My, I started my journey in 2012 um, when I, I was dumped. I split up with my boyfriend. I had to move out of his house. I moved in on my own. And then New Year's Eve, it was the New Year's Eve 2011 to 2012. And we were, I was out with my sister and I remember the clock hitting midnight and I was looking around and obviously newly single, looking at all these people kissing and I was like, oh, sucks. <laughs> I was like, I am not going to be here this time next year. That's it. I'm not. Um, and I just kind of made this pact to myself at midnight and I was like, I'm not going to be here this time next year. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just not going to be here. And I went home and in the new year's day i applied for jobs in thailand um teaching english and i got them and in oh. april i moved to thailand to go and teach english i sold everything i had and booked a one-way flight to thailand wow. and i literally everyone kept going so what's going to happen like what happens next i was like i don't, I don't know i, I don't know <laughs> like, i just got one one way ticket they were like so how long are you going to be there I'm like i don't know 
I, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything. I sold everything I had and I just flew to Thailand um, and to teach English. And I ended up in this really remote area. And at the, when I flew out there, I was like, so where are you going to be? I was like, I don't know, because I had signed up with this agency and they don't tell you where in Thailand you're going to be just oh. teaching in Thailand somewhere. Okay. Um, so I rocked up to Bangkok and they distribute everybody around the country and I ended up in this really remote area of Thailand um, it was like six hours northeast of Bangkok a very very Thai city nobody spoke any English like oh it was there were there were a handful of western people that could speak English um, so I had to learn Thai pretty quickly to be able to like eat um, and luckily I found a beautiful house and I had a lovely landlady and she was Buddhist. She used to meditate, um, for six hours a day and she was incredible and she would teach me Thai and I would teach her English. And it was right by this lake in the middle of nowhere at my little hut. Um, oh, and wow. her husband, I would go for a run in the morning and my mom had sent me tea bags to Thailand and her husband would we didn't have kettles you don't even have a kitchen in thailand because food is so cheap you just eat out all the time so i didn't have anything um but he would make a, a cup of hot water for my english tea when i came back from my run every morning and he'd be waiting by my hut with my hot cup of hot water for oh my, my tea. gosh yeah. this is the, oh. the beautiful people in thailand um and it was fabulous but turns out i'm not a fan of kids so oh. Teaching English wasn't gonna be my calling. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <Stop> that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm loving the Thai, the Thai community. I was loving everything about life. I was like, I just really don't like kids. So I was like, I've got to figure out something else that I can do that's gonna allow me to live this lifestyle that I want without having to teach kids English. So I got stuck in, I was in the middle of nowhere. I had no friends anyway, because nobody could speak any English. So I started teaching myself marketing there in Thailand in my little small town. I built my own website. I started social media channels. And at the time it was a travel and fitness blog. Okay. I'll just share my journey, share my fitness. Like I've always been very into exercising and stuff. So I was like, I'll just share all of that on a blog. So I built my own website, built all my own social media channels and my followings and everything. And I just taught myself in Thailand. And it kind of evolved from there that I moved to Australia and I got a job in marketing and they saw all of the stuff that I had been doing myself. Um, so hired me in marketing and it kind of snowballed from there. But that first experience, that first was like, right, I need to figure out a way of being able to do this without having to teach kids. So how many years did you spend or how much time did you spend in Thailand? So I was in Thailand seven months. For seven um, months. Yeah, then I went to Australia. So in total, I was traveling for five years. Okay. Um, and I started social treats at the end of that period. And, and yeah. you've done a lot of work for some companies though on the social media front. Yeah, so it's kind of, picked up from there as I was doing social media management for myself um, and for, for clients. And then I did digital marketing agency. I worked in an agency, I've worked in corporates um, and then building out my own business. 
And now I work closely with Facebook as a lead trainer to train small businesses across uh, the UK as well. So what was the defining moment, the pivotal moment where things really started to take off with social media and your business? What I guess turning point or somebody took a took notice and said, okay, we need this gal. Yeah, so it was it was funny. And I always say the the universe is a strange beast, right? Everything is meant for you and it's not gonna pass you by. So in 2018, I was working for somebody, I was working a remote job because I wanted to be able to build my business. So I, I got a job that was remote so I could build my business on the side. And uh, I had already quit my work at the digital agency because I knew that I wanted to work in more of my business, but with the commute, I couldn't. So I was like, okay, I'll get a remote job and then I'll have more time. And the universe was working in its magical ways. And my boss for that particular job was horrible. He was uh, drinking, doing drugs, sending me abusive emails at 1am, like all of this stuff. <laughs> it got to the point where he sent loads of abuse out on an email at 1am telling me that I was fired and all of this stuff. And I was like, the whole morning I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I had a phone call with my friend and she was like, well, what is your business doing now? And I said, like, well, my business makes more money than my job. And she was like, right, well, just quit. Because your job is making you miserable. This guy is an idiot. And you're already making more money in your business than you are working full time. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess. Uh, but I was still so nervous about hitting that button. And when he woke up, um, he was like, oh yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I was drunk. I also sent some, loads of abuse to some of our clients too. And I was like, I, this is, I got to quit. <laughs> I've got to quit. So it was that moment I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I wrote, I remember thinking, I was like, right, what is the worst that can happen? Because I just bought a house and obviously I'm single. So I have to pay, nobody else is going to pay my mortgage for me. And I had bought my house three months before this day. Oh boy. And I was like, okay, what if... I cannot pay my mortgage. And what if I, all of my clients drop me and I'm broke? And I was like, right, okay, I'll just get a job. It's fine. I'll just get a job. <laughs> Instead of preparing to get a job, I booked a one-way ferry ticket to Spain. And I drove to Spain for a couple of months with my dog um, and worked from there. Because I was like, then I have to make my business work because I'm in Spain. I can't get a job. You have to write a book. Have you written a book about these journals, these journeys? No. I mean, this is like eat, pray, love part two. <laughs> Thanks. So incredible. I'm, I'm really glad though that you said, then the universe went to work for you. But honestly, we really should believe in the law of attraction, like yeah. attracts like. And so that video that you had posted the other day the law of attraction as spoken from the the famous people side of things yeah <laughs> and all those little sage advice you know we had will smith and denzel washington and oprah winfrey and wayne dyer putting out all those sage little advice but it's so true it really is you change the mindset you change your vibration you change your vibration you track similar vibration and that's the whole concept in the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I love the original one, especially when it's 
uh, a book that you can hold in your hands and just marvel at the fact that this was written like in 19, oh, oh during the Great Depression, yeah, I believe, or just coming out of it. And yet it stands the test of time. And the biggest one that got to me was the power of auto-suggestion. When you have that burning desire and that perseverance, some elements that you just talked about. Yeah. When my boss was sending me those horrible emails, I didn't think the universe was working for me for the greater good. I just thought, oh my God, <laughs> why is this guy such an idiot? <laughs> it wasn't until looking back, I'm like, ah, oh, I should yeah. have business before that job. I just wasn't ready yet. How do you prepare yourself though? There are a lot of people who want to pivot. They're ready to pivot, but fear. Yeah, yeah. I always say, um, I have a philosophy, sure, why not? And that's kind of my philosophy of life. I'm like, yeah, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Like, right? um, hold your breath and do it anyways. And what, why hold back? Like, as long as you know what the worst case scenario is, like I said, when I quit my job, if I can't pay my mortgage, I'm going to hack. Like, how long do I need to wait before I need to get a job? And I know I can get a job easily. Like I'm not, I'm not fussy. I can get a job working as a waitress or delivery. Like I'll do anything if needs be. So I was like, okay, I just, if I get to this point, I'm going to have to get a job. Okay, cool. I can do that. So it's a letting go of ego too. Cause there's some yeah. people who would just not stand putting themselves in a position where they had to take a job that in their mind thought, oh, this is just, you know, the last case. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the worst case scenario, I've got to put myself in a job just to survive, but a lot of people won't allow them. So ego and fear will hold us back from some of our greatest discoveries. And I think having that, right, I, well, I have to do that. Otherwise, this is my other alternative. And I'd much prefer this. So <laughs> I'm going to make this work. And is that your key to success to keep motivated in that way? Like, do you, even with your thriving business and your now grossing six figures I think a year yeah. are there still moments where well I guess you kind of alluded to it it's like yeah I don't want to do anything today I'm going to just stay in my jammies oh, yeah. yeah there are there are totally days you could be killing it in business and there are still days where you're like oh I don't want to do anything today <laughs> and I am a big I like I will rearrange meetings if I'm really having a bad day I'm like I'm not going to do anything today yeah that, but then I have like, I have so many different coping mechanisms. I have a playlist that I play that's called like the Make Me Smile playlist. And it's this all my favorite songs. I have terrible taste in music. I have created a playlist for my clients that is better <laughs> like with, with more popular music. I have terrible taste in music, um, but it's all the cheesy songs that I love, like that makes exactly. me get up and start dancing. So I'll, I put that on if I'm having a bit of a, a down moment and I'll just put that on. I'll go for a walk with the dog. I take my dog for coffee dates. We have coffee oh. dates. Um, <laughs> I just go for a walk, grab a coffee, put my playlist on, uh, come back and just start again. Are you still able to do that during the lockdown? We're allowed takeaway coffee. Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> I good. just have to sit on a park bench and drink it. But you have your dog, your best friend as your company again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who needs anything else? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog? Tell us about your dog. He, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> have a poo. So he's a King Charles Cavalier cross poodle. Oh. Um, but much more cavalier than 
poodle. Very cute, very lazy, doesn't do much. <laughs> he's just waiting for his coffee date. I mean, really, he's having his, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the name of your book, is Sure Why Not? <laughs> yeah, the philosophy of life. I want to ask you about yoga, though, because yoga, as you mentioned, is one of the things that um, you enjoy so much in the fitness realm and people who are in the yoga industry have come to you through uh, your teachings and social media, how they can create their Facebook groups to create that organic environment to which they can draw their perfect client in. But for yoga, tell us what yoga has done for you. Yeah, so I am very active. <laughs> I run, I go to the gym, I push my body in all sorts of ways. Um, <laughs> So yoga is the release or the stretching and the, the stuff that my body requires from everything else that I make it do. Um, that has become the thing that I need to do to not cause myself injuries and harm um, from all the other stress that I put on my body. I love adventure sports. I love all sorts of anything literally anybody goes want to do this with me sure I've done flying flying trapeze I've done pole dancing I literally anything oh if you want to come do this I'm like, sure why not let's go try it sure um, why not there it is again <laughs> yeah so yeah yoga has been the thing that I have to fall back on to protect my body before I go into all of these the next crazy thing that I'm gonna <laughs> have a go at the grounding the reset and has yoga allowed you to explore more about yourself in terms of more of um, a deeper observation, just understanding your mind, yeah, your yeah. body, your breath? Meditation has been so powerful um, for me and protecting my energy. My, my mom died last year. Oh, I'm and, so sorry. Thank you. And being able to protect my energy and be like, okay, I'm just going to sit in this moment and be here or not be here in this moment should i choose be somewhere else in my head that has been, that was so powerful at that time and does it continue then to help you through the pandemic and a lockdown yeah absolutely yeah meditation oh. has been so powerful for that did you lose your mom during the pandemic year 2020 yes oh yeah Tisha, my heart goes out to you i had no idea I admire your strength that much more. Losing a parent, even in good years, is hard yeah. enough. What has helped you grow stronger and more focused during the pandemic on your why, your purpose? Oh, I'm desperate to go and sit on a beach. Mm. <laughs> yeah. that, uh, when I have Aren't some of those all? moments where I'm like, Oh, I go and search for Airbnbs that I can go and stay at long-term. Like I have already got a few picked out in South Spain. I'm like, I'm going to go here for a few months when I'm allowed. So I need to get to this point in my business so that I can afford to obviously pay my mortgage and go and be somewhere else for a few months. Yes. <laughs> I just need to go and some, get some vitamin D and <laughs> be on the beach for a while. Yeah, we're all craving that, especially, and I'm sure you're having similar weather to us, it's gray, drizzly, damp, 
Yeah, absolutely. It's been horrible. And I also want to uh, move closer to my family, given everything that happened last year. So that's the other thing. It's a lot more expensive to move to buy a house down south. So I'm like, okay, I need to earn this much money in my business to be able to save the deposit to get down there. So yeah, getting clear on your why's not only the overall goal for you and your business, but I think the the closer things that you can achieve right now is really powerful. Like, okay, I want to get, I want to buy a house down South in the next year or so. So I've got to make this much money in my business. I want to go on holiday for a few months. I got to make this much money in my business and being able to see, I mean, relatively short term, hopefully fingers crossed, we're allowed to travel at some point soon. <laughs> so my, my beach holiday won't be that far in the future. Just do our part and help the world heal and we can enjoy those luxuries once again. And they were blessings. You know, that's why it's so important to keep that gratitude attitude because the things we take for granted one day are no longer available. Yeah, absolutely. So in your group on December 31st of all days, you asked in your Facebook group, you put on a post, what was your biggest win so far for 2020 or of all times for 2020, I guess. Um, I transitioned completely to coaching in 2020. What a year to do it. Um, so I, in as I finished 2019, I still had a few social media management clients. Um, I, I had been asked to do coaching by a few of my management clients. So I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And then as 2020 came about, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm going to commit to going full in, in the coaching and consulting and building that side of the business. So having that in 2020, getting Facebook lead trainer and running trainings for nationally for Facebook as well, just kind of topped it up. And I was like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So yeah, that was my biggest win, 2020. I wanted to ask that question because Again, and I've mentioned it already, The Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And of course, that was the book that we were required to read for the Mastermind course, for which I, I came across you, our paths crossed, so to speak, online. Um, that book, I just turn to it all the time, the 13 key principles of perseverance and faith, auto-suggestion. There's so many. It's, it's such a great read. But I wanted to ask you that one. And this question in relation to the Think and Grow Rich book because of the fact that um, we often let fear drive our decisions and that ego drive our decisions so many times. And you're saying everything just opposite in your coaching and just in the, your philosophy of life. You know, do you come across some of your clients are just so overridden with fear they're literally paralyzed yeah yeah absolutely all the time i had one client um she's she worked with me originally she was one of my first coaching clients um and we did three months coaching together i i gave her all the tools to go and do everything she needed to do and she didn't do any of it single thing but she was so grateful for the coaching she was like thank you so much thank you thank you thank you it's going to be amazing took loads of notes and then six months later she came back and she's now 
um, a long-term client of mine because it took her six months to realize that she was going to have to get visible and she had to start doing the things that I was sent, telling her to do. And she started putting them in, in place and it actually started working for her. And she was like, came back to me six months later. I was like, oh my God, what you said actually works. I was like, yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> you just should have done it six months ago. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm not doing this game just to have fun. I mean, I actually know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, and is that one of the stories you share in your blog? Uh, one of my clients very recently yes. went from 400 euros to 3K per month in her, uh, in my five-week program. Um, and that was my five-week program takes you through creating a, um, a four-figure offer and then knowing how to sell it so a lot of people come and they she had the four-figure offer already she's never sold a single person into it um and she was selling by the hour so she is a past life regression therapist and she was selling sessions by the hour for people and i was like that's not gonna work like people aren't gonna get the deeper version of working with you by working with you for a one hour you have to be selling these longer four-figure offers um so she did, she went through the program, she got clear on the language that she was gonna use, the messaging she was gonna use, and she put into place everything that we went through in the program. And within five, five weeks, by the end of the five weeks, she had already made 3K um, in just that short period. I was like, That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Well, and there you, have, you need a belief system as well, which starts in believing yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's fantastic at what she does. She just needed to be able to convey it. And that's what she wasn't able to do. Um, she wasn't able to put that in writing and put that out there to the world. And that goes back to what you were talking about. If you're not visible, you're operating in secrecy. Nobody knows. Yeah. So there's key gems and I'm not going to get into that because then I'll be giving you away your skill sets. And when that's not the key to this, this podcast, it's not the purpose. Yeah, they so entice everybody to want to go find it out. Yeah, absolutely. You can send me a message and connect with me. We're starting in March. So it will be. Oh, and that will be another five week course starting in March. Yes. Yes. Disha's website is socialtreats.co.uk. Social treats. And it is a treat. I read that article, that blog post, 400 euros to 3K months. And yeah. what a great story. And she tells it so honestly. And I'll go through that. How could I possibly ask that of people? But as we've been learning in that mastermind course is that uh, people will pay it. I mean, we pay a nice sizable chunk of money to get our coaches and get our courses, get a master's degree. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. But when you start scaling it down, breaking it down and looking at all of the, the knowledge and this is what Napoleon Hill refers to in Think and Grow Rich. You're paying for all that specialized knowledge that's been accumulated over the years. It's funny, you're, I had an experience recently where um, I was going to work with somebody. And I said, what, how can I work with you? And she gave me her hourly rate. And I was like, I don't want to work with you on an hourly rate. I want you to get me results. I want you to give me a package that's going to give me results. And at the end of it, I can say yes or no, it's worked. I don't want you to, I don't want to come to you on an hourly basis. And then me have to say, well, I want to work on that session. Um, and I end up not working with her because she didn't have a specific 
program that was going to take me from where I wanted to be to where I, where I wanted to go. Because if she'd have come back to me with like a specific program that was, this is, I already know you, you are here. We're going to go here. This is how I'm going to take you there. These are the things we're going to do. This is the cost. I would have signed up. And your instincts were probably telling you too, that she's not true and clear in what she has to offer and who she is. Yeah. And she's fantastic at what she does. It just, it wasn't specific enough for me. Right. Your messaging woman, like jump on one of my courses. I'll help you. Well, yes. I was about to say, you need to offer your course to her so that she can come back and say, all right, this is my dollar figure, my four figure. And people have that in their throat. They say, you want me to ask for a three to $5,000 price tag on my course? But I came across this awesome Facebook post. Oh, my listeners are going to think I just live on Facebook now really interesting story on Facebook about a contractor and this gentleman came up to a deck builder contractor and said have you seen that one yeah it's good $4,500 for the deck and he says whoa 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 that's too much so then he breaks it down he says you know I'll I can do it myself and he says okay well I'll teach you how to do it for 25 but then he breaks it down the hourly rate the rental of the equipment the time off work that it was going to take him to build the fence on the contractor's time frame in terms and then when you get right back to it the guy just says oh no go ahead you build it it's worth the price but by god do we have to do that every time we have something to offer we shouldn't have to you have to yeah, it's all about branding and positioning. Branding and positioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is such a great conversation. I just love talking business. That's my my thing because I've been in public relations for over 20 years, helping uh, businesses really define their brand and stick to their brand authenticity. And I do it with my three key formula for success is passion, expertise, and value. And um, it's clear what you're passionate about and what your expertise are in. What are, what are your, some of your values though? I know I didn't ask you this in advance, but I wanna dig deeper into Disha. That's all right, yeah. I, well, my values are around um, environmental. I am a yes. massive fan in not doing any waste. Um, and I did a video on my personal page, probably sometime last year now actually, um, all around the things that I have in my home that I do to be more environmentally friendly. Um, even down to the things that I automate, big fan of automations, um, even down, that comes down to my uh, laundry detergent is environmentally friendly. And uh, I have that shipped every month automatically to my door. The toilet paper I use is uh, recycled and that gets shipped automatically uh, when I run out. Like I have coffee. I am a big, big coffee person. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I... It really annoys me that you can buy bags of coffee for like two pounds in the supermarket because I just think about the person who grew that coffee originally and how much they would have been paid for all of that work that has gone into that bag. Yes, it's good to get a bargain, but just feel about that poor coffee farmer in Africa somewhere or, you know, South America, wherever it happens to be, who has been paid peanuts for that coffee. Like, it's just so mean. So yeah. I have a coffee company that I pay a premium price tag for, but it comes direct from the farmer's ground before they send it to me in the post. 
So I know that that farmer has paid well over fair trade price for that stuff. Um, and he's getting a good life. And I'm like, I'd rather pay like seven pounds for my coffee and know that the farmer is getting a good price than pay two pounds and feel like a poor person can't feed their kids. Um, yeah. If, if anything in this, in life, it should be this, is that our true purpose is the gift that we want to give to the universe. That yeah. should be our driving force right there. And it's very evident that that is with you too. Really- a little bit I there's a there's a big thing that I used to do and I used to get everybody to do in corporate uh, was a random act of kindness yeah and I used to buy flowers and just give them out on the high street just just because like buy a bunch of sunflowers and just give people a sunflower each uh, as they're walking past just because um I encourage people to like buy a person coffee just even just giving somebody a compliment or whatever it is and just to be a nice person it doesn't have to cost a load of money. Just saying something nice to somebody. If I see somebody's dress and it's beautiful, I make sure that I make a point of saying, oh my God, I love your outfit. Oh. I just think there's, there's so much hate in the world. I don't watch the news for that reason. I don't, I don't want to get distracted with that kind of energy. Um, so if you can share a little bit of love, then yeah, why not? It'll pay back tenfold in a return and we don't yeah. do it. We do it for entirely altruistic reasons, but it does. It does come back in different ways that we don't even sometimes connect the dot, but. Yeah, it's funny. I had, um, so I did, I made my corporate office in Sydney do the uh, challenge. And one of my bosses bought somebody coffee and she, um, she complained because the guy behind her, she offered to buy coffee, was like five coffees. Um, but fast forward a year, I was in uh, Uluru in the middle of Australia <laughs> and it's supposed to be hot, right? It's supposed to be hot in the middle of Australia. It was the only time it had rained ever. And I had shorts and like one jumper and like I was not prepared for the rain. It's supposed to be in the middle of Australia. It's supposed to be hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was freezing. I looked like a drowned rat and I'd gone into this coffee shop to buy a coffee to like warm up. and they said, oh, we, um, we don't take cards. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't have any cash. Um, and I'd gone through all of my pockets and everything. I didn't have any cash. And this guy behind me was like, I'll buy you a coffee. It's fine. Oh. Um, and, he and I was like, this is because I made everybody in my office do the random act of kindness. And somebody else bought me coffee back. I was so grateful for that coffee. I was freezing. <laughs> Just like the one cup of hot water in Thailand where there are no kettles. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you share that story because I had an experience very similar recently. And when it happened, I turned to my daughter and said, I have to weave this into one of my podcasts. I, I just have to share this story. So here's the perfect opportunity. And it's on the theme of gifting. I was taking my daughter to school. There's a Starbucks. It's conveniently located by her school. And I said, if we leave early enough, I'll buy you a treat. I'll take you for a coffee. And then I get up to the window and show my phone just to scan the app the lady says oh don't worry about it the man in front of you bought your coffee but the feeling I had I was tearing up and so yeah. as I'm pulling out the drive the drive through he's pulling out of the parking lot and my daughter and I are waving at him and he's got this big grin on his face 
And I said, Jelaine, you know, I'm feeling pretty pumped. This has been special. Can you imagine how he's feeling right now? He must be over the moon. Yeah. And this is happening in my community. There's these random acts of kindness are happening. And I think more so now because of the pandemic, we are opening our eyes and seeing how important it is to look out for one another, but also at the same time, gaining all the benefits that small little gifts, acts of kindness do for our soul. Yeah, I think it's not gonna break your bank to buy somebody else a coffee or give them no. some flowers or whatever it is. It comes to that important part of the podcast, Disha, we're at flashcards time. I say a word and you tell me whatever you want, spit it back out. Uh, okay. It can be as long or as short as you want. We can embellish or just keep it nice, short, sweet. Are you okay. ready? Yes. We've been talking about this in so many different ways, but your first word is money. Ooh, abundance. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one that's right up your alley. Content. <laughs> Authentic. Yes. Being real. Yeah. There's no point sharing content if you're copying somebody else. Mindset. Ooh, hard work. Okay. Yeah, you have to put in the work to maintain your mindset. I think so many people don't put in, they just expect to have an abundance mindset or, you know, an entrepreneurial mindset or all these things that they want, but they don't put in the work to actually get it. What are some of the examples of putting in the work for you? Uh, gratitude journals. I have a, a journal, meditations. Um, my big thing is exercise. Like for me, going for a run is my happy place. I dance while I run. I have caused myself injury and probably had a lot of people <laughs> laughing at me as I go. <laughs> but I just put the tunes on and I just have a dance as I'm running down the street. Um, this is my happy place. I get all the endorphins and that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind if I make people smile by my bad dancing as I'm running. <laughs> Resilience. Ooh. Um, hard work, I'd say, again, hard work. Being resilient, you you have to put in the work to stay the course and knowing your why and what you're working for and why you're going down this route is going to make you get up in the morning and do the hard stuff because you get no's. You will always get no's in business. You will always get haters and you will always get people that don't think you can do it. But if you go into it knowing that you're going to have those, then it's not so bad when they come up. It's like, yep, I was expecting that. It's par for the course. Okay, I embrace on. them. Because yeah. I think more no's, the more hard bits, the closer I am to the yeses and the good bits. Yeah. yeah. I guess knowing that it builds up the mindset to yeah. be Yeah, I had a, a friend of mine recently posted something on Facebook and she said, if you know your business is going to be a success, um, then why are you still struggling? Like, and why are you trying to make it work? It's going to be a success. So just embrace it. It just might take you longer than you first thought. And I was like, yes, I love that. No, it's going to be a success. You know, it's inevitable. So it doesn't matter how long it takes because it's inevitable. Oh, wow. Okay. Brand engagement. It's your Ooh. next word. Well, those Fun. are two words. 
fun. Fun. Yeah. I I think engagement is like so much fun. That's why you do it. And I'm I hate people that say social media is not social. Then you're doing it wrong. Like <laughs> you're not doing social media if you're not being social. You're just posting crap online and not engaging and being a human. Um, you have to be a human and post back and have comments and communications and conversations. And if you're not doing those things, you're doing it wrong. Right, right. So in my, in my experience on my, my personal social media page, I've been posting our kitchen reno. Last night I, I posted pictures of the fact that we were now HelloFresh customers and we made our first HelloFresh meal. And I get all kinds of responses and the conversations and the engagement, people came back saying, oh, we're on it too. We have this mealer. I noticed you don't have this bottle of wine and you should have this. <laughs> it was so much fun. And you know, there's fun banter that goes back and forth. Yeah. But when I post things like, hey, got my podcast, listen to my next guest, crickets. <laughs> Literally crickets. Hey. I don't know what, whatever. I'm putting myself up there. You always say I have the mindset this that what I have to offer one day will resonate with people. And it's been fun. If nothing else, it's been fun. And yeah. I think that 2020 has been a year that we need to be more vulnerable and authentic because yeah. we're all in this together, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love the word that you said that word fun. That's my year. That's my word of the year, fun. The word of the year, fun. And sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to have more fun. Who doesn't want to have more fun? Exactly. Yeah, even the worst of times, there's always a reason to get up and smile. Yeah. And my last then of the flashcards and this will take a little bit more than just a one word answer. What was your favorite read of 2020 or of all time? Oh, um, there's so many books. Uh, Work-wise, The Conversion Code was is amazing. Oh. Um, and it goes into email sequences, sales conversations, DM sequences, all the good stuff. It is a brilliant book, The Conversion Code. Okay, I'm gonna look that one up. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. Um, and otherwise, I don't really, I don't really read many uh, fiction books, so I can't really say. <laughs> I listen to a lot of audios. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, so Mel Robbins, the 54321. 54321. <laughs> Yes. Amazing. Yes. We do that around our house now. Five, four, three, two, one. Get yes. the frack out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so that's been good. And Profit First mm. is a, an accountancy book. Um, that massively changed how I structured all my accounts in my business and make more money and have money for different things in the business. So hugely powerful for anybody okay. in business. Okay, I think a lot of our entrepreneur list listeners will appreciate those books for sure. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned Mel Robbins because that's another one of those things I, I want to <laughs> to weave into a podcast too. Five, four, three, two, one. That yeah. is literally how this podcast was born. Five, four, three, two, one. As we continue down that path of excellence in search of our abundance, 
we're met with fear. Yay, it's such a good concept. Yeah, five second rule, Mel Robbins. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Disha. I mean, I'm sure you're quite a busy woman and got to get in with, on with some clients soon, but I want to thank you for trusting the process here and just going with the flow and saying, yeah, sure, why not? I'll go on a podcast <laughs> and having fun with it. It's yeah. been a delight for me. I had so much fun. Again, anybody wants to find out about Disha and the work that she does at Social Treats, socialtreats.co.uk, delightful website. Thank you. And you can find her on social media as well. I can't wait to see what you've got in store again. I'll be checking in on the Facebook group, as I always do regularly. Now go out and do a random act of kindness. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go have a coffee, I think, this afternoon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And if anybody needs anything, just send me a message. So what's Disha's formula for success? I would hazard a guess that whatever Disha puts her mind to, she will achieve. The belief that what you desire will transmute into abundance. And it's a phenomenon wrapped up in the 13 principles described in Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, I talked about that book quite a lot. It's absolutely true. I have a bit of an obsession with this book. And if you've ever read it, you'll know exactly why. This interview with Disha was the perfect opportunity to share Hill's 13 principles to accumulate riches, a method that has stood the test of time. I recognized in Disha right away that that formula was going to work for her. Disha uses an attraction system described by Hill. Today, business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and professionals, and just about everybody are still benefiting from these principles. Of the 13, I mentioned just a few in this episode, albeit very briefly. One being auto-suggestion or self-suggestion, the medium for influencing the subconscious mind. Whatever enters the conscious mind feeds the subconscious mind. Put it simply, as Wayne Dyer stated, as you think, so shall you be. Auto-suggestion is also a key ingredient for developing faith, which is another of the 13 principles. Hill explains it this way, faith is a state of mind which may be induced or created using affirmations or instructions to the subconscious mind through auto-suggestion. How you achieve faith is really personal and it varies from person to person, are some techniques. And meditation and journaling are two such examples that Disha uses to get herself in that right mindset. You know, to summon those positive emotions to influence her state of mind. It really is that simple and it works. Get the book, read the book and apply the principles. The book was a mandatory read on a business mastermind course I took recently. And this is where I met Disha. All of that higher education I ever received Nothing influenced my ability to succeed more than literature on controlling the mind to attract whatever we desire. Between Hill and Mel Robbins' five-second rule, which is the principle that we have to pay attention to our inner wisdom that has been shaped by our subconscious mind. So when it comes to goals, dreams, and changing our life and our destiny, our inner voice must be the chief guide, not the conscious mind. Disha is certainly a great example how faith and five-second decision-making and getting out of your head space and into your heart space has led to her greatest abundance and a successful social media marketing coaching career. 
you're interested in these two books, you can check them out on Amazon, Goodreads, download on Audible. You can also listen to You Can Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill on Spotify. So 54321, go out and get the book. You won't regret it. If you've been enjoying these episodes with entrepreneurs and professionals hearing their story of resilience, then let me know. Send me a message. You can find me on my website at mggcommunications.ca. If you're listening on Spotify, click on the three buttons with each episode and choose your sharing option. You can also write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcast. Unfacts is a podcast by MGG Communications, Inc., a public relations company that focuses on brand strategy by first tapping into the individual's backstory. By embracing one's authenticity, entrepreneurs can make a deeper connection with their clients and customers and grow their brand reach simply by being relevant, relatable, and real. At MGG, Inc., our business is telling your business.